Hello, and welcome my wayward knitters to episode three of Little Cabin Knits with me, your host, or I, your host, I think it's I, <laughs> Emily, or as I'm known on the interwebs as aka Millie on Ravelry and aka Millie907 on Instagram. I have a co-host today. His name is Watson. He's my little furry gentleman, and he ha got new toys last night, and, um, so there may be some squeaking going on throughout the episode, so we must pardon him his joys in life. We just got back from a morning walk outside. I interjected some sounds of the snow crunching beneath my boots. We have had lots of snow here in Alaska this last week, and it's been difficult for the plowmen to keep up with it. So our walk was pretty rigorous. We were plowing through, um, stomping through about, at this point, I think it's about six inches of snow in, in the uh, roads around my cabin. And we had a great time doing it. So we're now back and <laughs> you can probably hear him just squeaking away. Watson, honey, Watson, Watson. He's so not listening to me. But we are now back and cuddled up in our snug little cabin. And I can see the sun shining and glinting on the snow-covered trees outside. And it's just wonderful. So why don't we get into a little bit of a review of uh, a raise a cuppa to what I've been doing this last little bit. Today I am drinking some peace tea. It's kind of one of my favorites. It's chock full of sugar. Um, I love the Georgia peach tea, so I'm raising my cup of that. I'm one of those strange people that only likes cold drinks. And so cold teas, sugary teas, <laughs> are my favorite. So the last couple weeks have been chock full of goodness. I have been traveling multiple times back and forth between Kenai and Anchorage, and it has been quite hazardous in that journey. Uh, the snowstorms that we've been having has created a lot of avalanches. There's been some controlled avalanches. And like I said, the uh, plowmen can't keep up with the road system. And so uh, it was pretty treacherous going through, you know, Turnigan Pass and, and on the uh, Seward Highway and then on the Sterling Highway uh, getting down to Kenai. But I made it and it was great. I spent a lovely Valentine's Day with my beloved and we, I made him some dinner, which was roasted vegetables and, wait, what else was it? Roasted vegetables. <laughs> it might have just been roasted vegetables because uh, he's a vegetarian. Although just this last week, he looked mournfully at me and said, I might not be a vegetarian anymore because he kind of does love chicken wings. But, you know, uh, I literally cannot remember what else it was. It was roasted vegetables. We had asparagus, Brussels sprouts, carrots. Mm -hmm. two different kinds of zucchini mushrooms onions oh and gnocchi no gnocchi there you go I knew there was something else and I just um after I 
roasted the vegetables, I took them out. And what I like to do with gnocchi after I boil them for like, I don't know, like two minutes, they're really fast to boil. You know, as soon as they rise to the top of the water, they're done. But they kind of feel a little mushy and undone to me at that stage and so one thing I like to do is brown some butter in a pan and then brown the gnocchi in that butter. So what I did was is I threw in some of the vegetables to saute in the pan with the after I'd browned the gnocchi a little bit and then I sprinkled on some cheese on top of that and it was super yummy. Lots of seasoning because um my fella does like things spicy, um, so there you go. And then we just settled in for the night and watched a show and talked endlessly. Next night we played our traditional um, dominoes game, and for once I won legitimately, and it killed him. It was awesome. Other than that, it was a, a lot of running around doing errands, seeing my folks for a tiny little bit, um, seeing my, oh, I went to dinner with my sisters and my mom for Valentine's Day. That was wonderful. We went to a sushi restaurant that everybody loves. Well, they all love. I'm not a sushi eater. I tried. I tried so hard. I took a bite of one of my sister's, um, I don't know what they had, but some kind of sushi thing. And I just, I... I struggled so much. And I think it's because of the seaweed wrap. I just, that, that flavor is too intense for me. My, my taste buds are very sensitive. And so, um, you know, a little seasoning goes a very long way with me. So, you know, there is that. And then, um, after returning home on Monday, um, I went to work and then I seemed to have caught the stomach flu and, I wasn't able to stay all day on Monday, and then I was sick on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday I had a doctor's appointment in Anchorage, and so I had to go back to Anchorage for that and a few other appointments. And th But then Thursday and Friday were normal work days, and here we are on Saturday. And <laughs> there you go, folks. That's pretty much been my week in a nutshell. But it's been so busy that I didn't... and with my illness and stuff, I didn't, wasn't able to record in my normal schedule, which at this point, I guess there is no normal schedule for our, for our podcast as yet. But I, my goal is to be recording on Tuesdays and publishing on Wednesdays. So far that hasn't happened. <clears throat> Pardon my <clears throat> craggy throat. Uh, but I, you know, I have aspirations, so we'll see how it goes. Um, other than that, last night I spent a wonderful evening with one of my uh, closest friends down here in Kenai. We went to Joanne Fabrics and got some supplies for some cross-stitching because we're going to have a cross-stitching girls' night tonight over at her place. And we went to dinner at our favorite Mexican restaurant uh, here in, well, in the neighboring town of Soldatna. And then we kind of just goofed around. Um, yeah, I guess that's what grown-up women do. You kind of just go to Walmart and peruse the vitamin aisle goofing around. <laughs> we, it was interesting. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And that was about it. So there you go, folks. There's, there's Emily's life in a nutshell. This afternoon, I plan on doing a few errands and then going over to my girlfriend's house for that aforementioned crafting evening. So there's my raising a cuppa section for you. <clears throat> I'm going to try to remember my section names. It's 
rather difficult for me. I come up with these brilliant ideas for section for segment names, and then I lose it. I don't know why, but it happens to me constantly. I can never remember the segments that I come up with, but I'm trying. So, but so just in the nick of time, I remembered that that section was called Raising a Cuppa. <laughs> so there you are. On the cork board. Well, guys, we've got quite a lot going on. And in the last episode, episode two of the Sweater Knits, I went into great detail of all the KALs we've got going on. So I'll just and draw prize drawings that will be happening in the first recording of March. So I'll just very briefly go over what we have going on. Uh, we have our year-long 12 Gift Knit Socks KAL going on, and that is hosted by myself and my good friend Hot Pink Socks Reviews on Instagram or Stephanie. She has been such a support to my Anders Mill Knits um, vlog as well as this podcast, and she's one of my dearest friends in the whole world. So she is one of the moderators in our groups. And in to win one of the skeins of yarns, you need to go over to the tw 24 Days of Cheer group and just chatter away in the February thread for the 12 Gift Knit Socks edition. And at the end of February slash the first episode in March, I will be drawing a winner from that chatter thread for a skein of yarn that I have specifically picked out for you guys to win from my own personal stash. In addition to that, I have another contest going on in which if you would use the following hashtags on social media of 12 gift knit socks, um, Anders Mill Knits, which is my video vlog over on YouTube, or Little Cabin Knits, you will be entered to win a skein of yarn from a local company here in Alaska. And the number of entries is endless. You could post 20 times a day using that hashtag and you would get 20 entries. But in addition to that, if you go on over to the podcast, uh, I don't know what to call it. I'm sorry. The Apple podcast uh, app, the purple icon, and leave me a written review, then you will get an extra entry. And how I'm going to do that, I just kind of decided this over the last week, is that those of you that enter over on the Apple podcast and leave a review, you get five entries for every written review. Well, you can only leave one written review. So for your written review, you can get five extra entries. And I so appreciate the people who have gone over there already and left reviews. I've gotten some star reviews, which I don't know who those are. So unfortunately, they won't get recognized in the drawing. However, um, we have one written review from a lovely listener, which I know this name. I can't, I can't place you at the moment, but I know who you are. <laughs> I think I follow you on Instagram. So it's Holes Home, H-O-L-S Home, and she left just 
such a glowing review. Thank you so much for that. She wrote, great podcast. Audio podcasts will always be my favorite, and this one is everything you would want in a knitting podcast. Lots of knitting content and such fun to listen to. Thank you so much for that review because I'm telling you, it is nerve-wracking to sit in front of a microphone staring at my cabin or outside and just you know, (laughs) wondering if anybody is listening on the other end. So it's really lovely to know that they're, that, that I'm, my voice is being heard. So those are on the cork board. And just a reminder that we do have the March one coming up very quickly. I think we just have a week, week and a half left before our March edition goes. I don't know that I'll be able to finish my February edition of the 12 gift knit socks during the month of February. Um, but I'll get into the reasons why in on the couch segment. Alrighty. On the shelf. Well, I have three finished and two sort of FOs or no, wait, Hose, I guess they call them HOs, her half-finished objects. So HFOs, maybe that would be better. But for right now, I'm just going to talk about my finished objects. And um, if you would like a more detailed um, look at these three finished projects, you can go over to Anders Mill Knits on YouTube and you can see the actual finished product and I'll and I can tell you the tales of woe for one of them and all this kind of stuff and maybe I'll even remember all of the yarns that I use because boy oh boy am I terrible at remembering the yarns that I use huh I don't know what my problem is my brain just has too much in it to remember <laughs> that's my problem well, I'll start off with my January socks. So my January socks are the Little Bird pattern by Sarah, or Sarah Loves Wool, something like that, on Instagram. And these are little ankle socks. They are absolutely wonderful socks. I had such a rollicking good time knitting them up. And I mentioned them in my first episode, I do believe... I would have, I think. They just knit up so fast. It was it was crazy. Um, and these are going to be for my sister Amy for either her birthday or for Christmas this year. And they are knit out of Mondim yarn in a colorway that I don't remember the name of, but it is super gorgeous. I do a close-up in my video vlog of this, but the color is, the the base color is an off-white, sort of a taupey white, and then there's speckles of sea glass blue, pink to hot pink, black to gray, and I think that might be it. Yeah. And they're just soft little speckles. They, they're not overpowering and it just, I don't know, it just makes you so happy to look at them. For this, I followed the pattern completely. Well, pretty much completely. I mean, I added in, I think one extra repeat on the leg before I started the heel and we just did a, um, heel flap heel with a one by one twisted rib and then I turned the the gussets and knit down the legs and 
continuing just with the pattern and when I got to the foot I just did my normal toe in decreases and Kitchener them closed. I think I used a I usually use a zero knitting needle uh, this in this day and age and so I'm pretty darn sure that's what I use for these socks and you know I tried these on and I just loved how the ankle socks fit you know during the winter time I love 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 my higher legged uh, socks that I knit that are usually six to seven inches on the leg but I'm thinking that for the summertime, these would be a really great alternative. Unless, of course, I'm going hiking. Because with my hiking boots, I always have to be wearing my longer leg, uh, my longer legged uh, socks. The next pair of socks that I finished was something that had been malingering on my, uh, or lingering, whichever you want to call it, <laughs> needles for quite a few months. I believe I started these back in the springtime of 2019 and these were socks or our socks for my best friend Kurt and he, so he uh, you know he saw me knitting on socks constantly and he kind of requested a pair and so I went and I pulled out a beautiful green colorway from Madeline Tosh and I set two I believe these are the Avenue socks from I know they're from Mina Phillips and I do believe these are called the Avenue socks and they are were just wonderful to knit on. It's just, you know, I am like I don't know, I'm like a cat, you know, shiny object, shiny object and I cast on everything because I just I I wouldn't say that it's necessarily that I want everything, but I want to experience everything. And sometimes, you know, as I'm experiencing the knitting process of something, I'm like, okay, I've figured that one out. On to another thing. <laughs> but at the same time, that can get rather overwhelming because then I'll have, like I do right now, which I'm whittling down on, so many cast-ons that I don't know what to do with myself and I feel guilty because I sit there and I either either I've told the recipient that they're going to receive something or I've told myself that I'm going to give something to them and the time frame in which I promised myself I would give them the object has passed and it's still lingering on my needles and I just feel guilty but then at the same time that guilty feeling actually makes it less enjoyable to knit on the project. So I have to find other ways to uh, encourage myself, motivate myself to knit on these things. And so what we talked about last time with the Gideon method of, for me, I'm doing the 10 hours on each uh, project, which I still think is a little much. I think I'm going to go down to eight hours per project. Um, and then... And I find that I'm getting things done a lot faster. Uh, I'm really zooming through things. Now this week is an exception because I was so ill and just running around, as my dad says, like a chicken with his head cut off. And I just didn't get very much knitting done, sadly enough. At least in my head, I didn't, you know. To somebody else, maybe they're like, oh, what are you talking about? You got so much done. But in my head, mm -mm, not really. The last pair of socks is my tale of woe. These are a gradient set that I started for my sister Amy again last spring in 2019. Her birthday was in July and I had the goal of giving her two socks for her birthday because she absolutely loves the hand knit socks that I make her which 
you know, my entire family is extremely knitworthy, so that's wonderful. Well, I just wasn't enjoying what I was doing, and so I stopped knitting on them, and every time I picked them up, I liked them even less, to the point that now I just don't even want to talk about them to you guys. So, in fact, in point of fact, you know what, I'm going to stop talking about them and encourage you to go over again to Anders Mill Knits on YouTube to hear and watch the entire tale of woe, because boy, do I get into it, and there is quite a tale of woe. However, my sister Amy is one of those people that knows how much time and effort go into hand-knit products because she's a crafter herself. All of her... Woo! I'm sorry if that made a noise. All of her children are crafters and we grew up crafting and so she is going to be extremely grateful um, no matter what. I know that about her. I just... I still feel a little bit of um, chagrin in the idea of, of wrapping them up and giving them to her. So, you know, there is that. So those are my on the shelf. On the couch. Well, I have just three projects this time that I'm going to be speaking about. The first one is one of my half-finished objects. It's my Gidfra socks, which is a yarn from Tuscany, Italy, established in 1922, and this is 90% cotton and 10% polyester. And I have been loving knitting on these. I was attempting to knit these on those little tiny nine inch circulars. And I knit that way on the first sock all the way down to the heel. And once I got to the heel, like it was just hurting my hands so much to knit on those uh, nine inch circulars. Now I do like the fabric that I was getting, however. But then once I finished my Fish Lips Kiss heel, I just could not bring myself to go back to that nine inch circular. And once I just started knitting on it with my regular magic loop, I it just flew off the needles and I finished these socks, uh, the first sock last week. And then just yesterday, uh, I well, okay, okay. So last week I went to dinner with some friends with my with my fella. And I, I was trying to cast on the second sock at dinner. However, it just wasn't working. I got it so tangled and messed up. So it went into my project bag from, um, from Hot Pink Socks Reviews or the Rusted Stitch on Etsy. And it just stayed in my car. And I didn't touch it until last night or yesterday at lunch, I should say. And that at that time, I cast on the second sock. And I am... I think I might even be done. Oh my, I even went past where I should have gone or I could have gone for my ribbing, but that's okay. These socks are for me and I just don't even feel like ripping them back. So I think I'm about four rows past where I ended the ribbing on the first sock. That's all right. No biggie, but I love these socks. They are a striping colorway and the, the stripes are uneven, I guess I would say, in that some are um, about um, 
almost a half an inch wide and then others are maybe a quarter inch wide so on and so forth there is one section that the 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 striping is two of the colorways blended together and so the colors blended together so the colors in this are a dusty purple a mauve a kind of marled either a hotter pink to a um, faded red and then a lime green that is also kind of marled and that looks more kind of like the grass or something like that and then we have a lavender and then the and the and at some points the lavender is uh, blended in with the green and so this to me looks like a bed of flowers that's what I would say it looks like a garden in fact what is the colorway on this I wonder I don't think they gave it a colorway name but let's see color zero two three one zero yep well to me it says garden and I'm going with that so I just have been loving these socks I cannot wait to wear them so excited and so that is my first pair of socks. And my second pair of socks that I have on the needles are my mother's socks, which I am knitting out of Happy Feet, Plymouth Yarn Company Happy Feet, in the colorway 10. And <laughs> these companies are so good at naming colorways. But this colorway is a variegated uh, blue maroon and hunter green and the blues are variegated as well they go from a deep navy to I wouldn't say a bright blue but it's also not maybe more of an aqua blue I don't know sometimes I have a hard time figuring that those things out but the variegation is so much fun and this is a sport weight yarn and so I've actually only cast on I think 54 stitches around for my mom's socks and on these I also made the decision to do ankle socks for her as well but they're not really ankle socks they go over the hump in the, the, your ankle bone or um, above your Achilles tendon um, to rest right about where a store-bought a store-bought mid-ankle sock would hit if that makes sense so there's about three to three and a half inches on the leg and then I turn the heel or in this instance I did the fish lips kiss heel and then I went on to the socks now this is my first time ever doing two socks at a time I'm using the Mina Phillips or the knitting expats version of this her tutorial on YouTube helped me figure this out and I'm really enjoying it I actually really am enjoying it I'm really looking forward to having two socks done at the exact same time and I there are other ways that I've done this where I've knit two at a time but I've knit them on two different needles and I've just switched back and forth when I finish one area in one sock I go to the other sock and I and I do the same thing and that to me is also very motivating as well so I don't know which one I like doing better for me managing the yarn and the cable needle for the two socks on one needle has been a little bit challenging but I do believe that's just because I'm using a very old knitting needle I 
don't even know who made these. I literally don't know. But it's the only ones that I could find in my threes that I wasn't using in another project. And so they kink up quite a bit and they kind of get in the way a bit and they're not as long as I think I would like f for my next adventure um, in two socks uh, knit together on the same needle, which I do believe I'm going to try again. So um, the, the socks are knitting quite fast. I am at five inches on the feet and so, or probably more, but five inches was the last time I measured. And I need to knit to six inches before I start the toes. And so that is my plan. And that was what I was working on for the, the, the next segment of my Gideon's uh, method. But I had forgotten them at home. And so yesterday I remembered that I had my Gideon socks in my car. So I went out and grabbed them. And that's what I knit on during lunch. Speaking of the Gideon method, my socks for the month of February from the Crazy Sock Lady is, oh boy, I've forgotten the name of it. Is it the Love Socks? No, it's Wild Heart. And it's K Litton, L-I-T-T-O-N, or the Crazy Sock Lady on, on uh, pretty much everywhere. She's got a wonderful, wonderful uh, YouTube vlog or podcast, whatever you want to call it. And I absolutely enjoy her. She is very gentle and kind and you is very thoughtful. Just absolutely love her. And so the Wild Heart Sock is a twisted stitch, um, you know, kind of like, well, it's a one-by-one one cabling uh, with some twisted stitches going on, and I absolutely love it. The only difficulty I am having is the fact that the twisted stitches are hurting my right arm quite a lot. Uh, it's inflaming some muscles because of the way that I, I think, I don't think I'm knitting the twisted stitches differently than other people knit them. It's just that this inflames my muscles quite a lot. And so I can't knit on them for very long. So that also kind of put a kink in my Gideon method as well. But I got down to the toe on Tuesday night and finished the toe, except for the mm, kitchenering of the toe. And so I, and I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have my needle with me in Anchorage, so I couldn't kitchener it. So then I switched over to my mother's socks and started on those. But they are so beautiful. I just love them so much. I have a softly variegated yarn that I am knitting this with. It is from the Bad Sheep Yarn Company or BadSheepYarn.com. And I love this colorway. It is called Rubosti. I don't know how to say that. It's R-O-O-I-B-O-S-T. And so it is the color that you would think. So it is peaches and reds and d deep dark reds, to, well, maroon, honestly. And it just variegates between those colors. And the colors just move through the sock like a, in a serpentine fashion, kind of mimicking the the cable the the one by one cables that are going on it is just so sinuous and beautiful and i absolutely adore it and i was worried when i was doing the foot that the the pattern wouldn't show up but i'm not worried about that anymore and i'm knitting these on a uh, oh 
crap. What are these called? Red lace. Chiago red lace. And they're the size zero because that's my preferred knitting needle for socks these days. 64 stitches around because she didn't have my usual 60 stitches. And I'm okay with that. I think my mom will be okay with this. Obviously, now that I've just given that away, these are for my mom for Christmas of next year of 2020. So um, I don't have to hurry to get these done. But at the same time, I will be working on them throughout the year just slowly so that the twisted stitches don't hurt my arm as much as they have been the last couple weeks. And that, my friends, is what I have on the couch. Well, folks, I have a new segment that I would like to put in here. I mentioned in episode one that I am going to be trying out different crafts um, throughout this um, podcast adventure of mine. And so I actually started one of, or picked up, I should say, one of my old crafting um, projects. Well, okay, I started a new project with an old craft I haven't done in well over 15 years. And my goodness um there's it's kind of silly but there's a learning curve for me at the moment so this segment i am going to call pantry crafting and the projects that i am working on right now is or are cross stitching and i laughed a little earlier because a pair uh, there i came up with a little bit of hiccups for myself. At first I was trying to use the pattern that I got off of Etsy solely on my um, my iPhone. So I was only and and so the and the pattern is broken up between multiple pages. And so I was looking at one page and then having to scroll to the next page and make sure that I was counting all the squares correctly. And I obviously have been counting wrong because things are very off. In addition to that I didn't have a hoop at first. And so I was just cross-stitching with the um, fabric in my lap, you know, freehand, I guess you might call it, and I noticed that my stitches are very uneven. But once I now have the hoop, things are getting a lot better. So what exactly am I um, working on at the moment? It is called, well, it's Fox Silhouette Number 1 by two by two stitch art and this was copyrighted in 19 in 2019 and it's a beautiful orangey fox of all different colors well all different variant colors of orange and this might I mean this is a simple project but it might not have been the one that I needed to do my very first time picking this up again because the colors are so close together that when I'm moving from one color to another I'm actually struggling a bit with the low light it being winter time and such finding if I am doing the right color or not um, and counting my stitches has been a little bit difficult because um, <laughs> apparently I don't know how to count. <laughs> I'm using an 18.8 uh, cloth 
on this and so things have just been a little bit persnickety for me and so what I have decided is is I still very much want that project however I decided to simplify my life and I decided that I was yesterday that I was going to go on Etsy and I was going to find some extremely simple um, patterns on 14 point Ada cloth and I did that I found quite a few patterns that are really, really fun, and I can't wait to cast on or stitch on, put them into works, into rotation. Um, tonight, I have a girls' crafting night planned with some of my girlfriends down here. And I went ahead and I picked out quite a few different patterns that I thought would, you know, be of interest to all of us. So I picked out, for instance... Uh, I have the Mandalorian. Wait, no, that's not it. I have no idea. The Falcon. No. What is it called? The the ship on Star Wars. I have that because I, I know one of my girlfriends is a big Star Wars fan. And lo and behold, that is the one that she wants to, to cross-stitch. Um, then I picked out a mountain scene, a camping scene. I picked out a really funny one for myself. And I didn't think anybody else would want to do it, but I just had to do it. And it says it's got a wreath of little poppies. Well, not poppies. Mm, you know, little purple flowers, violets. There we go, violets. <laughs> and the saying in the middle says, have a nice poop. <laughs> and I just, when I saw it, I couldn't stop giggling I'm sitting there at work and I'm on my lunch break and I'm just giggling my little head off and people are looking at me funny, but I'm just like, eh, it's all good. I'm not going to share this with you. <laughs> so um, I decided to choose that one for myself. And last night, my girlfriend Annette and I went out and we got all the supplies that we would need for doing these projects. And tonight we're all going to gather at Annette's house and put on some probably a sillyly romantic movie. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask for Persuasion. I've been hankering to watch Persuasion for a while now, and I think they might like it, or at least Annette would. Uh, so I don't know about my other girlfriend. But anyway, so I'm going to be putting that on my hoop, and um, I'm going to probably finish that and either put it here in the cabin or over at my boyfriend's uh, condo in his bathroom because you know I just want to wish everybody well when they walk in that door <laughs> to the bathroom and that my friend is my current pantry crafting shenanigans a time for higa okay a few episodes ago or maybe it was even last episode yeah it was last episode I wanted to share with you my journaling uh, adventures or routines is what I would prefer to call them however it just kept on biting me in the bum uh, and I as I mentioned last time I had to record last episode three times and by the time I got to the third time I I was so burnt out I could not I felt like I was repeating everything and I just was really struggling 
to articulate things at that point. And so I decided to choose something else to speak on in a time for Higa. So this time I'd like to revisit my journaling routine. And I have quite an extensive journaling routine. Currently I have four journals that I knit in on the regular. I rotate through them. Some of them I knit in them every day. Some I only knit in a couple times. Um, <laughs> knit in. <laughs> Okay, some of them I write in every day, and some of them I write in uh, only a couple times a week. And so let's just start with the easiest one uh, for me anyway, and that is um, my daily planner. Now, I'm counting this as a journal because I, um, a type of journaling, there's, okay, actually let's backtrack a little bit. There are many types of journaling out there. Not one size fits all. And so I... I like to encourage people to find what suits them best. And it could be like that you might be like me, that a bunch or a variety of, of writing styles suits you best. And so you want to incorporate all of them. Or it could be that just one of them speaks to your soul, and that's the one you go with. So let's first start with the traditional kind. There is the writing out your day or your thoughts in prose form. So let me go to my prose journal and let's just see something that I maybe have written in that I feel comfortable um, sharing. Let's see. <laughs> So I wrote, so I wrote that, let me see here, back on the 1st of February, what I do in my journal for my prose journal, I give myself a word for the day uh, that I would like to have be as my intention for the day, like how I interact with the day. Uh, uh, rate my mood on a scale of 1 to 10 with 10 being the best I've ever felt and 1 being the worst I've ever felt and a mood word so on that day I wrote that my word for the day is allow and my mood scale was a 6 and my mood word was content so on that day I wrote that Jeremy had difficulty sleeping most of the night. Um, I think he was thinking about things, at least I hope he was. And then I told, I, my, my ending paragraph was, today I'm allowing myself the space to feel these things without guilt. I'm okay. It is understandable that I feel sad and impatient about this, so I am going to just allow myself to feel what I feel and accept my needs as they are presented. And then I usually end my journal for the day, my journal entry for the day, with trying to list at least two or more things that I am grateful for. So on that day, I listed four things. I said gratitude. One, I'm grateful for good friends and their advice. Two, I'm grateful for emotion and how it impacts my life and actions. Three, I'm grateful for love uh, with my love with Jeremy. I never knew it could be this blissful. And four, I'm grateful for contemplation. And I ended it with my name, Emily. But other people might say things like, um, you know, 
write about uh, an adventure you had that day or what have you. But that is a traditional style of writing. So that's the prose style. But there's other ways of doing things too. There's a bullet style or a factual style. There, uh, well, and I, and I want to differentiate between bullet and factual. So if you were to do a bullet style journal, it would be that you would write down in bullet format all the things that you did that day or the things that you want to remember that you did that day. So for instance, I don't do a bullet journal necessarily anymore, but I did for a good long while when I was in my abusive marriage because I found that I my brain kind of just shut down and I couldn't manage to do much more than that. And in a, on top of that, I wasn't able to really process through the trauma that I was experiencing. So I, cu I couldn't find the energy or the brain power or the emotional strength to write in prose form. So I would write things like in bullet journal, I would put down like at sometimes I got to the point where I was literally being very minute in my detail. So I would write things like 7.30, woke up, which I never woke up at 7.30. Okay, so, all right, 5.30, woke up. <laughs> uh, took Watson for a, a one and a half mile walk. Fed Watson at 7.15, you know, and those kinds of things. And I would just list out, like started work at eight o'clock. And I would just list out every little thing that I did that day. Visited these clients, did this chore. And so that was just bullet point after bullet point. Now, you could say that that is very factual because those are the facts of the day. However, what I mean when I talk about factual is more data-driven. So a lot of people, or there, there is... There are people in this world who take a different tact for recording uh, their journals in bullet style or what have you. Uh, I was told recently um, about a fella in Canada who recorded uh, the weather, what plants bloomed that day, how the soil was, what level of um, moisture was in the air, you know, and in the ground, and just systematically recorded down all of these things. And as such, he became an expert in the local, uh, not just weather system, but gardening system and or agriculture in that area. And he did this for years. Like, I think I was told that he might have even recorded how fast or how many inches grass grew. I think that, I think I might be making that up, but you know, that's what I kind of remember from the conversation. And I was just very amazed by that and inspired to the point that I have incorporated some of that into one of my journal styles. Um, however, for the most part, I am not a factual recorder, but there are people who do that. So how I would probably, or no, how I have incorporated that into my daily life of factual living is in my daily planner, I, in a corner of each day, I write down the weather for the day. Um, I thought I did anyway. Is it not in here? Oh, there we go. <laughs> So I write down the weather for the day. I write down my intention for the day. And, and the, so like on Monday, 
we had a high of 32 expected and a low of 28 with snow flurries. And my word for the day was ease. Then on Tuesday, we had a high for the day expected of 38 and a low of 26, again with snow. And today, we have a high of 19 with a low of negative 2. So we're fluctuating quite a bit in our weather. And so that's how I am incorporating the factual nature of journaling in my daily routine. Then there are... There are, okay, actually, let's let's talk about, since I have my, my daily planner at, let, let's talk about my daily planner because that still kind of works into the bullet journaling and factual journaling kind of thing, only I take it a little bit further. I take it, I kind of bridge the gap between bullet journaling and agenda journaling in, fa in, in that I put down things that I need to accomplish today, like... For instance, on Valentine's Day, I wrote down Valentine's Day, and I put hearts around all that, and then I wrote, took PTO, smiley face, lunch with mom, Amy, and Kelsey, made dinner for Jeremy, had, what did I write there? Oh, oh, I wrote down drive to Anchorage, but instead I actually drove to Anchorage the night before, and so I crossed that out and put that in the night before as well. And then there are certain things that I need to remember to do. So like, for instance, on the 12th of la of this month, I needed to remember to pay my cell phone bill. So I wrote that down and I highlighted it in yellow so that I remember to do that. And then for my doctor's appointments, I put those down in deep blue. For my goals and where I'm at with my knitting, especially with the Gideon method, I write that down in hot pink for the day. Like for instance, on Wednesday the 5th, I knit on my sock for three hours, uh, and then I, uh, socks done and blocked. That's the word. It looked like I wrote dove and blocked. I was like, huh? <laughs> and smiley face. So those are the kinds of things I do. Also, um, my, in my planner, I write down like my, hmm, my budgeting goals, like what I want to put into savings, what bills I have, when I when they are each due, and uh, so on and so forth. I put down my knitting goals in here. Um, I wrote down things that I want to do, like for instance, to cut from my budget, I wanted to cut out restaurants, new clothes, annual subscriptions such as Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Audible, and and or no those were month oh, those were under monthly subscriptions the only annual su subscription was amazon so i did all of that and then i even wrote down no yarn for 6 months <laughs> i broke that <laughs> i might have bought yarn yesterday oh boy but that so so that's my that is my agenda journaling style that i do and i work in that every single day and there's that style that people use with bullet journaling um and this is different from what I was just talking about earlier I'm terribly sorry if I confused you but bullet journaling is a different style of journaling as well it's completely uh, customizable to you you just get a blank journal usually people use like moleskin or something that has dots throughout the page and you use those dots as you know little parameters or guideposts in which you can divide the day and um, illustrate the day and utilize a lot of pretty much everything that I've already spoken about you can put in 
um, your appointments. You can put in the factual things of the day, like the the weather um, and the... You can put down your intentions for the day, your goals for the day. Uh, like, for instance, I know a lot of people do things like they want to drink eight glass, glasses of water in the day. So they draw out eight glasses of water, and for every glass of water they drink, they color in that glass. And so if they only drink eight and a quarter, I mean, six and a quarter glasses, they would color six and just a tiny little quarter of the seventh glass. And the same for things like exercising and things like that. And I find that that is a really awesome, cool way to do things. Um, but for some reason, it's a little too overwhelming. That blank page is too overwhelming for me. And I find that I struggle to figure out how I want to organize the page. So I need things that are a little bit more um, lined up for me at the moment. That's how I am at the moment. Maybe in the future I can do it. I would love to be able to do an actual bullet journal. Uh, then there are other kinds of journaling. There are prompt journalings. Going back to the pros, um, I started a few years back a journal for following the daily prompts, the 365 daily prompts of Beautiful You. This is a daily guide to radical self-acceptance by Rosie Molinari. And I love, love, love this book. And I got a good portion of the way through this, uh, and then I stopped. And... So because it was a little bit overwhelming in that every single day it was there was a lot of time invested into doing um, the prompts that she gave and the writing prompts that she also gave. Sometimes there weren't writing prompts, but for the most part there are. So I wanted to try doing this again. It's all about self-acceptance, self-love, loving your body, loving your mind, building on your strengths and so on and so forth. So I decided that I wanted to try this again. But this time, I wasn't going to be as rigid. I wasn't going to do it every day. I told myself I'd only do it a couple times a week. And that has made all the difference for me. So I have gotten to day seven since the beginning of this year. And I'm totally fine with that. Uh, this, if this takes me five years to do, I am okay with that. So I have a separate journal that I have set aside just for this project and I love it so every day I write a little bit about not every day every a couple times a week I write a little bit on what she has written down for the prompt for the day so let me just take a random uh prompt this one is day 137 consider careers one exercise I have clients complete in creating a list of careers they would love even if they don't have all the skills to do them my own list would include foundation officer, creativity consultant, singer, radio personality, private investigator, television sports announcer, and professional athlete. I have people create this list because I want them to think about what interests them, interests and intrigues them. Once they know, they can incorporate aspects into their everyday lives. For example, I'd love to be a profess professional athlete, not because I have I like competing, want to be famous, or want to make a lot of money, but because I love to be in motion and to stretch my body's capabilities. What can I do with that information if I am being true to myself? I can dedicate some time each week to physical pursuits that I enjoy and that stretch me. 
While I won't be earning my PI credentials, I can indulge that curiosity by reading thrillers and memoirs, watching true crime shows, and conducting research for my work. These things feed me well, and feeding me my well... Oh, sorry. These things feed my well, and feeding my well is a way of catering to my soul, which is an essential part of enhancing my well-being. Too often we do things out of habit and expectation, not because they interest us or ignite our passion. When we live a life that is accidental, one that is not in touch with who we are at the core, we begin to lose our way. When we lose our way, we lose our confidence. And when we lose our confidence, our body image and self-image can go all to hell. Today in your beautiful You Journal, list 10 careers you would love to have, the skills, training, and lifestyle you have right now notwithstanding. Now look over your list and consider what it can teach you about yourself. Are you living in a way that plugs into that list, what that list tells you? If so, how? If not, what's the first step you can take to start doing so? So that is one of the prompts from my beautiful you journal. There are a lot of prompt journals out there. Um, last night I spent a good long while looking through Amazon at quite a lot of uh, journal prompting books. Um, I'm very much interested right now, not just for me personally, but I'll mainly, well, no, personally, but also professionally, in journaling prompts that um, are around trauma healing and um, personal self-love, personal growth, and um, self-confidence, if you will. So I was looking at a lot of those, and I was really excited to see how many of those were out there. I could have easily spent well over $100 buying these things, and, you know, just to have them on hand and to take a little piece here and a little piece there for myself and for my clients would well be worth it. But I... I staved off the 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 itch and uh, I'm I'm just This could be a very wonderful and a therapeutic 
outlet for you to process through something that is troubling you. The same can be said, honestly, for other modalities such as um, coloring and things like that. However, I wouldn't necessarily say that coloring, adult coloring is journaling. So, you know, there is that. I feel that art journaling needs to be obviously put into this because it expresses your true inner self at that time. And finally, I want to incorporate scrapbooking. Scrapbooking, again, is not something that I am very much keen on. However, I love the way that people uh, record memories and just put their own personality into things through the medium of uh, scrapbooking. just gets me super excited and I'm gonna sneeze <coughs> sorry Whew. but I just want to encourage you to go on over to Anders Mill Knits group on Ravelry and I'll have a thread open for episode three of Little Cabin Knits and we can discuss this further all right and that is the end of our Higa segment <music> Well, I want to thank you all for joining me for this third episode of Little Cabin Knits, and I'd like to end on a positive note, and I think I'll be doing this every time now that uh, I'll be recording, and so today I'd like to end with this prompt, reality and dreams coexist in possibility. Dreams exist to lead us toward new possibilities. Dreams...